You're listening to CRV Ambreed's Better Herd podcast, brought to you in partnership with the New Zealand Dairy Exporter. Join us as we talk to CRV Ambreed experts, industry leaders and farmers about hot topics and issues affecting herd improvement in New Zealand's dairy industry today. Keep current with industry news and get practical tips for improving the health and efficiency of your herd. Welcome to the fourth episode of CRV's Better Herd podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Haitana from the New Zealand Dairy Exporter. CRV Ambreed Managing Director Angus Hazlitt has been appointed CEO of CRV's global artificial breeding business. He is the company's first ever international CEO. Kiwi born and bred, Angus has succeeded Raoul Van Noot, who has successfully led CRV for over 12 years. Raoul stepped down as CEO and Chairman of CRV's Executive Board on May 1st, 2020, and Angus has officially taken over the reins, but will continue to be based in New Zealand until travel restrictions allow him to relocate to Holland. Angus joined CRV in 2009 as Managing Director of the business unit Oceana, and most recently also managed the USA operation. He has worked closely on developing Oceana's strategy, including several acquisitions that have seen CRV establish itself at the forefront of innovation and herd improvement. Angus joins me today from his home office to talk about his tenure with CRV Ambreed and his views on where the industry is heading in the next 10 years. Welcome, Angus. How are you today? Well, I'm good. Thank you. Great. And how are CRV and Holland been coping with the COVID-19 well, pretty much like most of Europe, they've gone through some form of shutdown and um, had the, like we have, the daily monitoring of cases and, and uh, trying to identify where the cluster zones are and shut them down as quickly as they can. So, yeah, everyone's coping around the world, but it's very similar, I think, um, over there as to what we've experienced here. Sure. So we're talking about your tenure with CRV Ambry today, and you started in 2009. Can you take us back to what the industry was like and CRV Ambreed was like back then, Angus, and talk to us about some of your key highlights over the years? Ten years ago, we um, were certainly in an interesting time. We'd just come out or we're actually in the process of coming out of the uh, global financial crisis. One of the things that really wasn't affected too badly through that, of course, was uh, agriculture. So since 2009, we saw the most fantastic growth, particularly in New Zealand, around the dairy industry, we saw cow numbers increase organically every year, at least 3 or 4%. We saw massive investments go into new dairying regions in New Zealand, particularly in the South Island, and the use of water to support those. From our perspective inside CRV, inside Ambreed, we've had a heap of highlights, and they really are quite hard to pick out. But if I look back to where the company was in 2009, to what we stand for today, I think one of the... Um, most uh, rewarding things is being able to see the investments that we've been able to make to take the company into where it stands now. So that's uh, just not investing in our people. It's been investing in things like our breeding program. It's been investing in things like our infrastructure. We have managed to get ourselves into a position where we're probably at the top of the world in terms of the breeding facility that we have, how we manage and house our bulls how we collect them, how we distribute our semen these days, is all on a scale and on a level which it needs to be, but um, it's certainly different to what we had back in 2009. 
And you obviously had your CRV Ambreed 50-year celebration as well last year, which would have been one of the key highlights for you. To get to 50 years is uh, great for any company these days. But uh, yeah, look, certainly to get to 50 years is great. Uh, The challenge, of course, is to make the company sustainable for the next 50 years. And I think we're certainly on track with that, with the investments that we've made and the opportunities that we've got going forward as well. Making those right investments is key, Angus, in any business. But I suppose for dairy, potentially we're at cap cow numbers. So in terms of growth, you've got to look wider at, at where the opportunities are. Yes, definitely. We've probably hit the point at which we're not going to see significant increases, if any, in our cow numbers in New Zealand. And that's a good thing. I think we can do a lot with what we've already got. I think there's um, fantastic opportunities, not just inside the world of genetics, of course, where we know we can breed better cows by getting more information, using that wisely, taking the opportunities we have with some of the new technologies that are coming on board to make sure that we will create more efficiency in our animals going forward. So yeah, no, we're, we're definitely excited about that level of opportunity that we have to play the part that we do. But I think most sensibly, we have to really do that collaboratively. We have to do that together. So take, for example, issues around the environment where we're trying to create a more sustainable position than we've got today, which was already relatively sound and, and we're getting off to a, a strong footing anyway. But how do we do that? Um, We can't just do that through genetics. Of course, we've got to manage ourselves equally as well in all the other farm management steps that we take. So we want to be part of that. Um, We want to make sure that what we do by breeding cows, which are more efficient, by looking at how we can breed animals that convert every kilogram of dry matter that they eat into more milk more efficiently. In terms of the environment directly, how we can influence and lessen the impact of cows with nitrates in our waterways. Methane, of course, is another one. And yes, we can. We can make an impact with our genetics. So during your time with CRV Ambreed, what do you think have been the key drivers of growth for the company? Key drivers for Ambreed over the last 10 years have been how to use new technology well. And so one of those which I can uh, talk about is to do inside the breeding programs where we've seen the continuation and the strengthening of genomics where we genotype our cows and collect the phenotypic, the uh, infield data and information to add to our selection criteria for what we breed. Certainly, the amount of information that we can gather, the accuracy of it, the speed at which we can gather that information too, have all had significant gains. And what that means, of course, is that we're able to put that into our breeding programs adapt the breeding programs to what we need to be looking at, and that might be around the environment, it might be around fertility, it might be around less drug use, it might be around the fact that we need to make sure that we're using cows that most efficiently turn dry matter into milk. So certainly if you had a look back at the last 10 years, what we've been able to do with our breeding programs by using new technology or continuing to emerge technology such as genotyping and using genomics in our breeding programs has certainly been significant. I have to say alongside that though, without access to data, without actually being able to get the information that you need to support the genotyping that you do, the genotyping is no use at all. So the increasing importance of data over the last 10 years has really, really been highlighted. And one of the things that we uh, still need to address, of course, is just how we can actually 
continue to access and create more quality data going forward as well. Fantastic. So you've put your hand up for this new role with CRV as the CRV Global Artificial Breeding Business as CEO. What does it mean for you to take this role on as a Kiwi moving over to Holland? It's a real reflection of the success here in New Zealand. I'm absolutely, truly honoured to be given the opportunity to take that step and to go and um, look after the organisation on a global scale. The opportunities that I think we've still got to realise by working and taking advantage of everything that we do as a company and everything that we get exposed to as a company and bringing um, as much of that back down to New Zealand again is a huge opportunity for us. So CRV has business units all over the world. How is this company structured? CRV is a cooperative and it um, has around about 25,000, 24,000-odd shareholders spread between the Netherlands and the top half of Belgium, what's called Flanders. Those shareholders are the backbone of the company, but the shareholding allows CRV to also invest outside of the cooperative, which it has done incredibly successfully all around the world. So there are actually four main regions now with inside CRV. We have our, I guess, our home base where the cooperative is, which is in Europe, the Netherlands and Flanders. And then uh, just next door to that is what we call, from one of a better word, Central and Eastern Europe, which is another region. But they don't, as we don't here in New Zealand, belong to the cooperative. We, um, as I've just mentioned, we have the Oceania, which is a New Zealand region. And then we have um, a Latin American region, which is based out of Brazil, and that reaches through most of the Latin American countries. And then we have a division which is based in the States, perhaps at the moment one of our smaller divisions, but an incredibly important one because a lot of new technology comes out of the US. And then uh, the final one that we run is what we call global sales. And at the moment, I think that's around about 60 other additional countries on top of the, uh, the main regions that we have. So how do you think the relationship between CRV and Holland and these other regions can benefit New Zealand dairy farmers going forward? One of the things that we're seeing um, as the whole world develops is this um, increasing reliance and importance on data. And it's not about owning the data, it's about getting access to the data and the information and then building programs and information around that, that farmers wherever they might be, can use to make their farming operations either more sustainable, more profitable, look after animal welfare, manage the environment, whatever that might be. So by being a global company and being very open about how we can work with other organisations who have like-minded strategies to ours, we can expand ourselves far more rapidly, we can be far more pertinent to a wide range of farmers And we can bring that together. So that's just one area. That's just the area around data. On top of that, of course, today you've got um, the ability to link way more around the breeding programs that we have, again, through the use of data. And I mentioned earlier the genotyping work that we're doing. And, of course, um, by having access to genotypes from all around the world and that information in our hands, uh, you begin to see and understand what more you can do around things like health, of the cow, the efficiency of the cow, the impacts that you can have on things like the environment, for example, as well. 
So, uh, yeah, look, to be succinct enough and short enough in the time that we've got is hard, but truly we have an opportunity to leverage what we can access through the world rather than do it all ourselves and believe that we can uh, do it better alone. We can do it better together and bringing all of the strength of CRV more collectively will certainly help us in our position anyway of looking after the farmers that choose to use our products. So you've talked about some of the opportunities that are there. From a global perspective, where do you see the dairy industry going in the next 10 years, Angus? There's undoubtedly going to be a bunch of opportunities. Uh, There's going to be a bunch of challenges that are put to dairying, as there will any other industry, primary industry or secondary processing industry. But I, I only see positive signs at the moment because there's two things that we know. First and foremost is that the use of agriculture to feed the world is we have to do it. There's no other alternative at this stage which would enable the world to survive. So agriculture has a huge importance in terms of feeding the world. And the second side to that is is that we're yet to tap fully the potential that we have to do that in the best manner. And so as we go forward and we look at opportunities to produce dairy products more efficiently, to tailor dairy products so that the consumer actually has a health enhancement or a lifestyle enhancement from actually using those products, has got a lot of opportunity in front of it. So um, every corner you turn, there'll be an opportunity. Equally as so, there might be some challenges that get put out there. But uh, we're in a good position with the dairy industry, just in terms of what we can do by way of creating an ongoing sustainability for it. I'm a firm believer that uh, milking cows and uh, dairy products will be around for a lot longer yet, that's for sure. I'm sure uh, New Zealand dairy farmers will be happy to hear you say that, Angus. Do you think in post-COVID-19 that there has become more awareness around food security, which you know will benefit agriculture going forward? Food security has always been a, a hot topic for a lot of nations, for a lot of people. And it will continue. We've seen, obviously, the effects of food security scares in places like China over the years. And the impact that that can have on a brand or on a company is is huge. So does COVID-19 make us more aware of health issues and, uh, I guess, to a certain extent, sometimes how vulnerable we are as a world? Absolutely. Of course it does. Will that directly translate into more people having a look at um, source of origin of food and being more conscious about where their food comes from, how it's produced, if it's safe and all those things? To a certain extent, yes, but it's actually up to the countries that are producing the food to tell their story more strongly about just how good it is. And that's the most fantastic opportunity that New Zealand has. So how are you transitioning into your new role at the moment? You're working in your home office instead of being based over in Holland. Are you burning the candles at both ends or how's it going? Well, it's certainly um, a strange way to start um, running the company based from your home office. It's not too bad. We're very lucky, of course, today to have the technology that we've got by way of communicating and connecting. Even if I were in the Netherlands, they have a stay-at-home order similar to what we have. You seem very calm in your approach to life. Does it, is there anything that keeps you awake at night when it comes to work? Oh, I think probably the only thing that uh, keeps me truly awake at night time is just thinking about the opportunities and uh, how can we make them happen more quickly and do things better sooner. That's probably the main thing that keeps me awake at night. And uh, 
I guess that's the motivating thing that makes you get up each morning as well and really look forward to the job that you do and the work that you do and taking things forward. And when you do get over to your new home base, Angus, can we expect you back on New Zealand shores often? Or I certainly hope so. New Zealand is one of the key business regions for CRV. So uh, we're incredibly fortunate to have had a partner like CRV, particularly over the last 10 years, because the investments that they've allowed us to make has truly put us at the uh, forefront of technology. So We've got a fantastic platform here in New Zealand. We not only have an operating environment, as I said earlier, that is world-class, we've got huge investments going into our breeding program through genotyping cows. We're about to launch a very exciting product with regards to data, which for the first time will give real choice in the marketplace in New Zealand. And then on top of that, of course, um, we're a big country when it comes to dairying and the use of genetics. So. New Zealand will not drop off in terms of importance for me, nor for CRV. And so that will mean, yes, we have the opportunity to be down here on the odd occasion. But I hope that the team here and the new manager for the business can get on and uh, enjoy and take the opportunities that they've got uh, in front of them just as much as I've had the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. And do you have any final messages to New Zealand dairy farmers before you head off? My message would be don't lose the connection with CRV and the global opportunities that you have as a dairy industry. I think New Zealand will always hold its uh, special position of uniqueness, and that's just the way that we farm here in New Zealand. It's our whole infrastructure around farming. The most important thing is just to make sure that we keep doing what we're doing so well today. Uh, There's reasons that companies like CRV and Breed have been around for 50 years, and they'll be around for another 50 years if we keep on looking at the the ways to improve, the ways to stay connected with our markets and our consumers, the ways to stay connected with looking after the land and the environment, and the ways to stay connected to look after the animal welfare of our cows. Well, thanks for joining me today on the Better Herd podcast. And on behalf of the New Zealand dairy industry, we wish you luck. And we look forward to seeing the Kiwi flag flying over at CRV Global. Cheryl, thanks for your time and uh, very much look forward to keeping in touch with um, how things go in New Zealand and keeping connected by visiting down here soon. Thanks for listening to CRV Ambreed's Better Heard podcast. Read more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting CRV Ambreed's website, www.crv4all, that's the number 4all.co.nz or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Check out our upcoming topics and join us again soon for your Better Heard Fix.